Welcome back to the Kickstart Finance Podcast. My name is Tucker McLean, a teenager interested in finance and your host. Tune in to learn the financial tools you won't learn in school and career advice from professionals in the financial industry. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kickstart Finance Podcast. Today we are going to be interviewing Drew Chameleon. Drew Chameleon is an accountant at Chameleon and Associates, which is a private accounting firm for individuals and businesses. And today he is going to be telling us a little bit about his job as an accountant and what an accountant does and how it is useful. Welcome, Mr. Chameleon, to the Kickstart Finance Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. It's my pleasure. Nice to see you, Tucker. Nice to see you too. What made you decide that you want to go into accounting? So I had gotten out of college with a liberal arts degree and started my first job. And the language of business was one that was foreign to me. So I was working at State Street Bank in Massachusetts, up here in Boston. And somewhere along the line of two or three months in, I said, I need to learn how to understand what's going on around me. And so at that point, I had applied to a school here in the Boston area, Northeastern, to get my graduate degree in accounting. And so it was in that time of realizing that I knew a lot about a lot, but I didn't know a lot about the language of business, which was what interested me. And so that's, that's where I got going in that direction. And my father was an accountant, so I had a sense of what that job was all about. But as I went through college, I had no intention of kind of following in that path, but that's where it led me. So basically, like, it's kind of like you had a banking job and you kind of want to understand the, like, what goes behind banking. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, you know, I, I knew you get these financial statements from companies and you, you begin to read them and you can get a sense of them by understanding the numbers. But the more you know about how those numbers are getting generated, the more mm-hmm. information you obtain from reading those financials and the better decisions you can make to invest or as a business person, or, you know, ultimately I I was most interested in being an entrepreneur. And so to me, the idea of understanding how to make sense of business operations and what goes behind that was important if I were to become an entrepreneur. And so that's what led me in that direction. So can you like share a little bit about your educational background and like, Is there like a certain educational path you have to take to become an accountant? Yeah. So growing up, I went to a liberal arts school. So I I had a double degree from Trinity and I was an economics major and an American studies major. The economics major was the beginning of learning about business and trade and the exchange of goods and that kind of thing. The American studies for me was something that I was a little bit more passionate about, but it also kind of rounded off the the business brain side and the digesting and understanding of ideas side. But I got out of school and, you know, liberal arts degree didn't give me a particular skill set. It gave me a broad skill set, but not a particular skill set. So as I started working, I realized I needed to get a skill set to get to the next level of job that I might have wanted and to pursue that entrepreneurial type work that I was most interested in. So I went back and got a degree in accounting, a master's in accounting, and an MBA at a, 
at a program up here at Northeastern where it was six months of school, three months of internship at one of the bigger accounting firms in the Boston area, and then six more months of school. So it was a 15-month program, which set you up. And one of the benefits of being at a Northeastern type school, it was a co-op school. So um, the hope was that the job you had on the in-between those two six-month stints would turn into an offer, which it did for me. And so then I started in the fall of the year I graduated and uh, began working back at the company that I had interned during my school time, which allowed for a couple of things. It allowed me to make some money in between the two semesters, which was very helpful because I, I went back to school full time. I didn't do a, an evening type program. I, I jumped all in because I wanted to move it forward as quickly as possible. So back then it was an education path. You got your master's in accounting in my case, and then you needed to get a certain amount of experience with a public accounting firm in order to then sit for your exam, which was a four-part exam when I took it. And you had to pass two of the parts at the same time in order to be able to then go on. So you could, if you could pass all four, great. If you could pass three, great. And you would have one to go. If you could pass two, then you'd have two to finish. But you, you always had to pass at least two. So you needed to get the education. In my case, it was a grad degree. Back then, you didn't need a grad degree. You could do it undergrad. I understand now you can either get the grad degree or there's a five-year type of path program. I'm a little gray on that because I don't have to do it anymore. But it is, in my case, I did the grad degree. Then I worked and passed the exam. You needed two years of work experience, and then I became certified as a certified public accountant. So there's a difference between going to school for accounting, and you know some accountants never get their CPA license or designation. They don't necessarily need it to be successful in the business world or in the in their chosen field. In my case, I was looking for those letters and the credentials, so I went to work at a public firm. But you could get out of college with a degree in accounting and then go work for a company. And you could be an internal accountant and be working for a company for your whole life and never get a CPA designation. So there is a difference in that. And every state has their own board of accountancy that would administer the tests and allow you to get certified in the state. Okay. So yeah. So it seems like as there's a couple stages they have to pass to become an accountant and like... Yep. For sure. And, and there's different, you know, there's many different types of accountants. Some people are you know, work for a company and some people work in public. So I work in public accounting still. I left the big firm. I went to work with my dad, as it turns out, which, as I said before, wasn't necessarily the, the path of the agenda, but that's what how it turned out. And it turned out great. My father and I were business partners for a long time. He's begun to retire. And what was great about it was I got to work with him build off a base of business and grow that base of business. So it was a terrific transition. It was a pleasure to work with him and learn from him during those years. But so I stayed in public accounting. So I do work for companies as an outside accountant. I do their tax work. I do some consulting for them. Sometimes I do financial statements. Whereas some of the clients that I have have accountants working for them that generate the numbers to give to me. So they work for the company and then they give me the information and I turn it around into reporting information and use it as a, for advisory stuff. So how would you describe what an accountant does and, and how do you help people? Right, so in, in my role as a public accountant, a yeah. certified public accountant, 
I do tax and consulting work for businesses and for individuals. Mm -hmm. And so let's say, Tucker, you're 25 years old and you have a job, you're working in LA and you know, you get a W2, maybe you start to buy a condo and get some investments and then you're trying to do your tax return, right? And you say, I don't know how to turn all this into a reporting document to the government in the form of a tax return. So you might call me and say, hey, Mr. Chameleon, can you help me with my tax return? I said, sure. So you come in and we sit down, we talk about it. And then you say, how could I save taxes? Oh, okay. There's the next piece of the conversation. So maybe, Tucker, you really want to start to put money into your retirement plan. That would save you X amount percent of what you put in. It grows over time. And so when you become older, you could pull money out of that. And it's a way to help fund your life down the road and encourages savings. And that might be the first piece of our conversation. Next one might be, hey, I've accumulated some money and I'm thinking about buying a multifamily house and renting it out to living in the side of it and renting it out to some buddies on the other side. And I said, okay. So then we talk about the impact on your life, financial life, and what that responsibility means to report it. So I end up being somebody that they might lean on that a client might lean on for direction, advice, consulting around the tax return. But I also do the tax compliance. So, you know, you say, I have all these things going on. I'm, I'm anxious about what my tax bill might be at the end of the year. I might run a projection for you and say, okay, you know, you have some earnings from this source over here. You have some earnings from this source over here. You got your W-2. Let's put them all together and I run a projection for you. So that takes the responsibility of knowing all that tax law stuff off of your plate. You're the information provider to me and I turn it around and I can give you some direction on how to either save some taxes or where your investment is giving you a nice return or maybe where it's not. And we can talk about some ways to change that. I also work with businesses. So let's say that you start a company and you have a lot of car washes and this, you have three different car washes at three different locations. And, you know, you're running your business, you're good at understanding car washes, but you're not a financial person. You might have somebody internally doing bookkeeping. So you know what's in your checkbook, but you don't know what's making you money, what's not making you money, or how can you change something in the structure of what you do that might make you more efficient? How can you change your pricing or understanding where the cost and the money is going? So somebody might call me with those types of questions. And that's, that's some of the stuff that I do in my profession and how I help people. And that's one of the reasons I got into this particular business and industry is because I have a thousand people that might call me any day to ask me for some direction and guidance. And that's what I do. So if I'm like understanding correctly, someone that's like a private accountant, like works for individuals and some like more smaller businesses, yep. and another account that works for like a company would just do the accounting of that company. Correct. So if I worked for your car wash company, right? Mm-hmm. In our example, and you were out generating business, finding new locations, being the manager, the business operator and president, I might be working for you in the office, gathering all the input of information and presenting it to you in a manner that would make sense to you. I might generate an income statement telling you how much money you made. I might generate a balance sheet telling you where your assets and liabilities are, those kind of things. So the internal folks help management make good decisions based on performance of the company. 
Sometimes you you might, if you were running this car wash company, you might have a loan with the bank and have some bank reporting requirements. And you'd say to me, your accountant, your internal accountant, I need to get some reports over to the banker. This is what they're looking for. They want a year-to-date income statement. And I'd say, okay. And we'd go and put something together internally and get it over to the banker to help them meet the compliance requirements. So that's kind of the difference between the internal job and, you know, kind of my job. I see. And also, what would you say your favorite part about your job is? I like the business strategy stuff, helping whether it's a business client or somebody who might be self-employed, begin to think about how to operate more efficiently, what direction to take the business, whether growing to a new location makes sense, whether revisiting the delivery of service, how to make decisions relative to staffing that make the most sense for the operator, maybe looking at where money's leaking and try to help them find ways to, to think smarter about the expenditures. And then helping them plan for the tax impact so they don't get surprised. Many people, you know, they're running good, successful businesses. All of a sudden, April 15 comes when taxes are due, and they have this aha moment that maybe they're not making the money they thought they made and or they spent it because they weren't planning for it. So helping people become better planners is one of the things that I like best about what I do. You know, and then helping the, the individual, somebody... I had a situation the other day where, unfortunately, somebody's parent had passed away and they needed help understanding the income tax implications to the estate, to themselves personally, maybe to a brother or sister, and trying to understand some of that. And that they come to me at a time of difficulty, right? And, and mm-hmm. I get to be somebody that they can lean on to help give them some direction and guidance. Like anything, you know, I'm an accountant. I'm not physical therapist and all of a sudden, you know, damn, my shoulder hurts. I, you know, I'm having a hard time lifting stuff over my head. How can I begin to think smarter about this? And so, you know, you go and you go see the doctor and the doctor says, well, you just have some inflammation. I'm going to send you to a physical therapist and they're going to try to help you learn to get stronger. And so they give me tricks of the trade and or exercises to get me stronger. In my job, I give you some tools to help you be financially stronger. Okay. And if someone was looking to be an accountant, what piece of advice would you give them? I would say, you know, in my opinion, understand why you're getting into accounting. Do you want, do you like the idea of working for an operation and being part of something and want to work for the company? Do you, do you like the idea of being involved in a bunch of different companies, businesses, or people, and therefore maybe be more of a role of a consultant or a, a public accountant? You know, you want to understand, sometimes understanding the why of what you're doing and what you really like about that job is most important, right? Mm-hmm. I knew going in that I really wanted to be a business owner, which is what I am. I am an accountant. That's the skill set that I have. And that's where my value is to people. But I like working in a team, a small, intimate team. And I have a small-ish company. People rely on me. I rely on them. We create a nice, strong network and bond that's helped us grow and, and develop and build something that we're all very proud of. And I like to be part of that. And also, if you're going to give someone a piece of financial advice, like what advice would you give them? For an individual, the best advice I could give would be a live conservatively, be a saver. You can make a lot of different decisions in your life if you're able to live within your means, avoid accumulating credit card debt, 
avoid accumulating stuff and things and not resources that help you and allow you to make decisions long-term in your life, whether it's mm-hmm. the ability to go on vacation or the ability to retire a year or two early. The only way you can get there is if you don't give in to that instant gratification of purchasing the next shiny thing that comes along, understanding what your income is and how much you need to run your life. And if there's extra, what to do with that and how to, how to fund that and think about not just today and in the needs of today, but long-term. And, and for me, learning to live conservatively within your means, not building a credit card balance that hangs over your head and keeps you up at night. Those things are very important for the individual and they allow you to make good, smart decisions along the way. So basically you just want to think more towards the future and like how it will impact your future. Yeah. And understanding, you know, you're, you're developing a pool of money to run your life. You're earning a pool of money to run your life, but it's not just for today to think big, think bigger than that. So like, this is like more of a question related to you. So did you look back to high school? What is something that you wish they taught you that you needed for your real life? Yeah. So the practical money management and understanding of how to allow for all the things that you pay for during your day-to-day routine and in your life. You know, if somebody told me in high school that I would make X amount of dollars, I might say, oh, wow, that sounds like I'll be living the high life. And unless you're a good planner and saver, and unless you understand the nature of a tax return, the nature of getting a loan from a bank, the practical side of saving and and setting up an IRA account, the idea that you need or that getting life insurance is probably a good idea, that getting disability insurance is a good idea. These things, these practical things that as a high school student, if you asked me what disability insurance was, I'd probably give you the, the dictionary version of it without really understanding the hows and whys of why you get these things. And and so, you know, a general finance course of, of, of how to run your life, your financial life as a person in the United States, like what it takes to do those things and understanding the language of a tax return, understanding the language of a loan application. You know, the first time I filled out a loan application for a car, I was scratching my head like, what am I, what are you asking me for here? I don't even understand, yeah. you know, some of these things at, at my age, they become second nature, but as a, I was busy, you know, reading the the English classes and learning French and Latin and, and trying to pass the math exam. And, and all those things were great in building blocks for lo- how to learn and what to learn and how to retain and, and how things interdisciplinary things relate. But the idea that practical sense of, you know, hey, the first time you go for a loan, this is what it's all about. Or if down the road, you want to buy life insurance, here's a couple of different things to know about life insurance. Like, those would be really helpful, cool tools to understand. You know, I have a daughter that's off at college now, just like Mac is. And so, you know, we're applying to schools. And as you know, and hear, school's expensive, right? And so trying to help educate her about what that cost was like, where the pieces come from, what taking loans does to your future. What, you know, if I told you, hey, man, you know, you need to borrow $100,000 in order to go to college for four years, you might say, oh, okay, I'll just pay it off when I get done, right? Like, that's fine. No big deal. And then I say, well, that's going to be about 800 bucks a month. You might say, what? Right? And yeah. the, end of the difference between having that debt and not having that debt might mean 
living with mom and dad or not living with mom and dad and try to understand that those things aren't, that there's a connection between them. And then at least if you understand them, you can make a, a decision, a smart decision for you personally. I'm willing to accept that debt because I think that paying that extra money to go to this different school will be worth it to me in the long term. And so understanding the practical implications of some of the decisions that we make if I buy this thing and put it on my credit card, that means I'm going to have X amount of payments to make over the next two years in order to pay that off. Do I want to take that on or no? Do I not want to take that on? And what are the implications to me? There's a cost to all of those things. And at least understanding the landscape makes you a smarter citizen, a smarter spender, a smarter neighbor next door. So, so basically you kind of like want to like understand like simple finances and also kind of get an understanding of like, like money, like kind of like understanding the value of money and how it like. That's right. And, and the decisions that you need to make, that one decision impacts the other. You know, you hear about the butterfly effect and how something yeah. happens over here and it impacts something way over here. You don't even know it. Well, every time a dollar sign comes in front of your eyes, is an implication to your life. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, is it going to be worth, if I tell you, okay, these new pair of sneakers are $125, you might say, no, well, that sounds about right. And I might say, all right, so why don't you come work for me and I will pay you $12 an hour until you pay off the sneakers. And you'll say, wait a minute, that's going to cost me X number of hours of my life to get those sneakers. Like, do I really want them that badly or, or am I okay wearing the sneakers I have for now? And I'll save for them from other things. And so every purchase you make or decision you make has an implication on the next decision, which is why when you ask me what was some advice I could give? It would be to live conservatively and be a saver because those decisions help make decisions later in your life that you don't even know or can see yet, you know? Yeah. Because also as like a kid, like some kids or like most of them don't really have a job. So they don't really understand the value of money until they Correct. actually. Yeah. So you're basically saying that someone, a kid who doesn't have a job should understand the value of money before they actually get out. So then they don't just spend it recklessly. That's right. I remember as a kid, I, the first job I had was mowing lawns. And every time I had money in my pocket, I went and bought, you know, it wasn't CDs then or MP3s. It was a record or a tape, right? And so there I was spending all my money. And then I got to the week and I was like, wait a minute, I made some money this week. Where did it go? And, you know, you quickly, learn, oh, I guess, you know, buying three of those things wasn't probably the best idea. Maybe one was all right. And then I could have some money for the weekend. And that's it short-term savings, but at least, you, you know, you get the perspective. But I know I think the, the idea of getting a job in and around high school and understanding, you know, the, the waking up and going to work, the, what you might like to do and not like to do, beginning to understand some of that, maybe beginning to work with people that are older than you so you can, you can learn from them, working with people your age so you can see how to interact with your peers on a different level other than going to school. Those are important skills, very important skills. Is there anything else that you would like to share or any other? I think, you know, as far as somebody who might be interested in accounting, it's, you know, it sounds like the, the boring profession that, that somebody might make a joke about, right? But it is the language of business. It helps you understand anything. You know, I have friends who I worked with at the bigger firm when I first got my degree who are out as entrepreneurs doing all sorts of things. I have a friend who's, who is in the snowshoe business, right? I have a friend who went and started a staffing business. I have a friend who is the CFO of a different company. So, you know, there's all different avenues that understanding the language of 
finance and reporting can open up for you. I have some friends who went and became financial advisors, which, you know, they have a, an accounting degree and maybe they're a CPA, but they are now financial advisors looking at the financial landscape of Wall Street. So yeah. what you can do with this kind of degree. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really great being able to interview you. And you had so much interesting information. Yeah, thanks, Tucker. It's a pleasure. I'm glad to be involved in such a great project. I wish you the best, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us today on the Kickstart Finance Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review so others can find it. You can discover more information in other podcast episodes at kickstartfinance.com. Have a great day and I'll see you soon.